Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loading. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. Also today with us, our guest, Stiffa Anime, will be joining again. This is episode 9 of season 4, live action Cowboy Bebop review, part 1. Hey, 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 Flippity Flam, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, great, General Andrews. I could grate some cheese for you, too, but how are you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing very well, and especially because we have another special guest with us returning again. This is now the fourth episode that we've had Steph of Anime on. How are you Hello! I'm giving the cheesiest smile right now. <laughs> Thanks for having me back again for another episode. I'm really excited to be here. Well, you're you're our resident anime expert, as we like to call you when we have you on. So we get to actually just gush the entire episode about anime or something at least anime related. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, we're very happy to have you back on here. Now, though, unfortunately, this is going to be one of those topics <laughs> that might be back and forth. We're going to kind of see how it flows today, everyone. Are you excited to talk about the Cowboy bebop live action film who uh, obviously or sorry film series that season two got canceled already before they could get it going but we'll get further into that and comparing it to the original and and where it kind of fits in overall entertainment and ex if we're supposed to be excited or supposed to be sad about it what, what do you think stuff oh my gosh there's so much we get to talk about now uh, the, the viewers at home will have to remind me because i don't remember if this was like personally we spoke about this or if it was on another podcast but we've got to speak a little bit about about live action adaptations, right? And just yes, adaptations in general mm -hmm. to anime. And so I feel like there's a lot to unpack with this one. And so I don't know where we want to start with this, but I, yeah, I, I, have, I have many thoughts. So where, where do we want to begin? Because okay. I'm excited to talk about yeah. it, but there, there's a lot. There's a lot for there's this. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> so let's, let's begin with this. Let's give all the viewers right now at home an idea of where do we stand with the original anime? Where does mm. it rank as our favorites? So I'll just go first. I think almost anyone who, who listens to me knows by now that Cal Bebop, the anime, is my favorite anime of all time. Yes. Where I sit as regards to where I put this anime. How about you, Steph? My history with it is a little interesting. I saw it for the first time, what was it, like 2008, 7, 8, or something like that. And so the last time I watched it i've watched it twice was actually in like 2010 i think mm. so so going into the live action i tried to get to rewatch the full series before the live action came out but i actually didn't have time so i got to watch the first or i got to rewatch the original three episodes and then just jumped into the live action again uh, the live action series when that was out to watch the full thing and so in terms of where it is like in a favorite wise i would put it in the category of it's in the classics so so it's an anime that I respect so much because of what it's done for like the anime industry, what it's done for anime fans here in the West. I is it, but is it an anime that I kind of pop on to like rewatch all the time? It's actually not, and I I mean I think it's just because other anime have like distracted me from it. But it's always an anime that I'm like, wow, I think this is a pillar of anime. Like it's something that fans should watch to see how far like anime has come and what like the cream of the crop was, especially in the early days. So 
it's one that I hold in high regard, but in terms of like having all the the finite details, like I'm going to refer to you two for that. So would you maybe say your top 25? Is that like a safe kind of range for it? Because it's a classic and you really enjoy it, but it's not as dear to your heart as let's say like Full Metal Alchemist. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, top 25, I think would be safe in like a, it, it honestly, like if I was given a presentation on anime, like I'd include Cowboy Bebop as like an example of like a great show, but in terms of, I don't know, genre type and like how often am I watching this kind of show? It's, I feel like it's sometimes like a once in a lifetime for me. I'm like, I watched it mm. once. I got what I needed out of it. Very cool. Okay. Well, Flippity Flam, let, let's round this all up. Where, where does it sit for you? So for me, it was... Man, Cowboy Bebop was probably the third or fourth one I ever watched. And I would probably put it like top 15 though. Okay. While okay. it's still like, it's good. And I agree with Steph that it, it is a classic, right? It was such early on when anime was just budding as a genre. It's, it's great, but it's not that great. All right, so now, well, that's, that's, that's fine. We need yeah. it this way. The viewers have an idea. I, I don't care if you guys don't have as your number one. I, I, yeah. I It still is number one, regardless of what you two say. No, Good, we're anyways, not going to kick off the podcast. <laughs> that's going to be the next article. Not, we're not big enough fans of Cowboy Bebop. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, the point is, is this way everyone has an idea yes. when we're talking about what we're about to go into, because we're going to have some good things to say. And I know we're all going to have some <laughs> harsh things to say as well, but it kind of gives an idea that we're not all just anti-Cowboy Bebop and we're not mm -hmm. just all pro Cowboy Bebop. It's kind of a little nice little mix, it sounds like. So, okay, let's just start off simply with this. Episode one, feelings, let's go. Let's actually start with Flib on this one. <sighs> Flib, what did you feel about episode one of the live action? How did that get you feeling about it? So right off the bat, I, I remember I was cooking dinner. It was playing on the background. I stopped cooking dinner because I was watching it and I'm like, oh my God, no. The martial arts and like the fighting of it was so stiff that it detracted from everything. At least in that mm, first okay. scene in the casino for me, it was just so, it was so stiff. I loved the set pieces that it had. I thought they did a really good job on those and it, it really sets the stage that you're in space and all that stuff. But man, the choreography on the fights really, really took it out of me. Okay, okay. Steph, how about you? Where where did episode one, did, did, were you excited? Were, were you, as, as, as Flip already put off on it, uh, where, where did you stand? That, I'm fascinated by this because for me, the first two episodes, I actually enjoyed a lot. Like for me, that's not where it started to fall apart. And I was like, oh God, okay, live actions be like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was really interesting the route they went where they had some original scenes here and there. But but I, again, the first three episodes were the ones I could do a bit of like a side by side. And so I don't know, I felt like for it being not a cartoon and it being in the flesh, like that was kind of the best that they could do. And so I don't know, like going into it, I was, I was about it for like the first two episodes being like, okay, like seeing where they're going with this, like it still has some of the same essence. So I honestly didn't mind it. Okay, excellent. So for myself, I, wow, here comes the, the, the guy that said it's number one. I actually really enjoyed enjoyed the very beginning intro of episode one i yeah. liked how they you know again they, they got it across that spike was this he's always walks into these situations he's just 
just bump into his music. He doesn't really care. It's like, oops, I walked into this. Also, he's a bounty hunter, so he kind of knows he's supposed to be there. And there's this scenario could possibly happen. And so I was totally down with the choreography of the gunplay throughout that scene. That was fine by me. Now, though, that's not the only part of episode one. It's like, okay, if that if you just end it right there, I'd been like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm digging this. But it continued on as if it was going to be like episode one of the original. And once they started to do that, there were some really interesting takes they did that I felt it was forced. Great example of this to me was when they are dealing with Asimov and I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Wait, what the heck is Faye doing here already? Yeah, yeah. oh my God, yes, we need to talk about that because I did... I did such a double take being like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, and they're the reason why this is going to matter. So, folks, if you did not know, we're going to obviously put this in our tiles of everything, is that there were these there's spoilers. This entire thing is about spoilers. So if you don't know this, hopefully now you could stop yourself if you didn't think that there was going to be spoilers. There's going to be tons. So at this exact point in time when they brought Faye in, I was like, okay. So now I'm going from, that was cool, to mm, trying to balance this back and forth back and forth i like their banter i thought that that was good i have mm -hmm. no i know people made commentary about her outfit her outfit was totally fine I honestly I agree. Yeah. there was no problem with that at all it was very realistic which i would approve of more yes. than it to be so unrealistic that there is nothing going on now here is the rub flip brought up earlier <laughs> The martial arts oh, scenes oh that choreography oh, was terrible and this is why it's terrible oh she's like sliding into second on her knees with the knife i see it so vividly yeah. in my head i'm like oh my god that was so bad <laughs> and so and the reason why it matters is this this anime the reason why it really resonated is that it wasn't just a bounty hunter in space blast him up anime it also had martial arts strewn throughout and specifically when i say martial arts because I can start to bring up very specific kinds. Instead, it's the fact that Bruce Lee is where Spike's form of fighting is is representative yeah. of. And so that means many different forms for those that don't know about Bruce Lee. He didn't just practice one form. Mm -hmm. The fact that they Hollywooded it. Yeah. Cutscene, 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 cutscene. You're uh. telling me that you weren't willing to pay a body double to do really good fight scenes? Like the jump cuts were so the, the there were so many, it was so detracting. Yes. Well, what's interesting is I think that they tried to mimic a lot of like the anime scenes that you saw. Like I I don't know if it's in like an episode one or episode two where it's like you're seeing like the like the ship explode in the sky and it's like they tried to mirror it. Same same thing with like the opening, right? Where they're like they try mm -hmm. like the opening I think they did yeah. great, like in terms of the that actual awesome. frame for frame, but they tried to do that with some of like the cinematography True. of the the show itself and sometimes i think it just came off very awkward because it, it doesn't translate forced. well yeah yeah it just felt man that's one of my bullet points is there were there was too much shot for shot they were trying to pander from the anime to the show well and i'm glad you brought the, that up both of you is because i i thought i found it very weird what they decided to keep shot for shot and then yes. what they decided yeah. to change in the storyline it's like but wait why are you trying to make this shot for shot but then you're changing so many other elements of the story is how i felt about that so as we continue to go on with this here i was very unhappy with the end of episode one because again 
it, for those that don't know, what we'll, we'll cover a little bit more later in this talk, is that Faye doesn't have her ship at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So how come she's all the way out there? That's not where she's at in the original anime. So I thought that was very weird to bring her character in that early into the series, because she's supposed to come in by episode three. Something like right, that, right? They one, find her in which a is casino. still really early. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, why did you have the casino scene there at the very beginning when you could have maybe done that casino scene, you know, episode two, if you wanted to bring her in a little bit sooner, you know, and things of that nature. Because again, they're doing it over 10 episodes for season one. And I, I assume they were going to do like the first half of the anime. I, I figure it's going to be like a two season anime or two season live action of the anime to kind right. of get their story across. Maybe three seasons, depending how long they wanted to stretch out certain two parters of this, you know, from the anime to this series. She didn't have her ship at this point in time. Again, we'll talk about that later. And I was like, so wait, what? Why is she here? Why is this happening? Okay, let's roll into episode two. Episode two, again, start off really well, where I was like, okay, okay, maybe I'm just being harsh i mean too much of a curmudgeon right now steph what did you feel about episode two because you said episode two still had your attention what did you like about episode two yeah oh and i so i want to comment on what you were saying because i remember being surprised that Faye was so early on but i wasn't bothered right away and again like at this point i hadn't fully like rewatched and i still need to go back maybe after this podcast i'm gonna rewatch it and be like all right time for the follow-up now that it's fresh in my head but i you know i remember it being earlier than initially it was but i was like okay maybe they're gonna tie this back in so I, i was being very optimistic going in yeah i i was giving faith and i liked her dynamic like you were saying with the banter like i really liked okay like the way she's like portraying it It was different but not Mm. necessarily a bad thing like i'm like okay more alternate universe experience like Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. okay i'm i'm uh remind me in the live action i don't remember what episode two covers but i remember it was uh, when do we meet Here, i can i can help you yeah yeah it was remind called me venus two is called venus pop yeah exactly very good uh so while chasing a bounty on a one-handed uh vet venusian bomber <laughs> jet and spike grapple with rising interpersonal tensions exacerbated by spike's secret past so this is where they bring in teddy bomber yeah. super early in yeah 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 i guess i think for me i always want to give things a shot and so i was very curious about the decisions they were making and so it wasn't like immediately like okay all right maybe not but like you know we're kind of seeing some of the scenes be the same frame by frame and some of them not so like it was kind of like a i want to see where this is going and so and thinking about what you two are saying i know nothing about martial arts so i really didn't (laughs) notice the fight like to be completely candid i didn't notice if it was bad or not because i just can't fight and so my thought is that no matter if it's in anime or in real life if they're hitting things they're hitting things if they're not you know so like that wasn't where my attention really was so yeah i'm just it's just not my wheelhouse i was kind of looking more at okay what are their attitudes with one another what are like the the actual script that they're saying and you know things like that and like at that this point like i hadn't been bugged out yet it was really kind of as we were getting into like the middle of the show that i was like okay i feel like we're starting to lose the charm of what cowboy bebop is and like i felt like okay you're getting the flashiness of what it is to see these characters in a live action format and for me that wore off by the middle of the series and was like okay what substance is left here that's for such me? a good point yeah. honestly flip with episode two and then bringing in teddy bomber so early how did you feel about that aspect before i start ranting about it 
<laughs> man it was it was early and it felt forced they were just grabbing characters and then just inputting them where they felt fit and right agreed uh, Mm-hmm. And it, it did hurt a little bit, but this is also, this was an episode we got to peek into the syndicate a little bit too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I actually liked those parts because- hey, Me too, in, me in too. The, yeah, because in the original, exactly. like you'd never get to see what the syndicate does at all, period. At all, period. Until Agreed. like the very end. So I thought those parts were really cool. We'll talk about Vicious later, but I thought <laughs> those parts were pretty neat and how they were taking their artistic license with that. But the way that they- kind of jammed puzzle pieces into their own sort of storyline and how they wanted to do, it felt so forced. That is such a great way of putting it. You, you two, again, are, are capturing so many different aspects of it that I would also say as well. And here's why I felt it was so forced. Uh, Teddy Bomber doesn't happen until closer towards the end of this series. It's about episode 22, I gotta double check or whatever, but that that's a very specific episode that's talking about breaking down the monoliths of today, that things are structured materialistically with big old skyscrapers for what just for somebody's ego and so there's a whole message behind who teddy bomber is and why he's doing it and that's again why i like the anime so much is that there's so many messages layered inside messages inside of messages for the anime show that in their artistic licensing they butchered it and I was super down for certain aspects of the artistic license, like the syndicate. Things that they're doing with the syndicate, I'm like, why didn't you just focus on that stuff? We'll get into that a little bit more later. Right. I love that you say that because hearing you speak about it and me thinking about going back to how, you know, I thought about it, I think I... I was really waiting for it to hit. I wanted yeah. to let them have the liberties where I'm like, okay, they're bringing in these characters at different points in times. We're seeing a little bit of some different information here and there. Like, let's see where it goes. Because honestly, like had they like tied it around and like had like a kick with their messaging where I'm like, okay, I can see the similarities even if it wasn't the same route, but we yeah. got there. I would have been like, okay with it, you know? And been like, all right, or sure. These characters come in here. We don't see it, you know, here, here. There's a bit of fan service with like a cosplay music video type vibe of like at least we see what they're like and i think in some points like in the first like three episodes like i had a bit of that not starstruck but it's like whoa it's kind of cool to see what it's like and i liked the casting of the characters like i thought oh yes. this is oh. like especially in terms of comparing old older live action films where it was like such a mess to this i was like <laughs> okay john cho is like sick like i i like i like i like these these actors and i i guess i had like a bit of like a pizzazz at first that just wore off over time where oh okay Okay, I see. <laughs> you know what? That's a great point to bring up before we continue to branch into the series. I thought the actors and actresses in this were awesome. Yeah. It was great casting. I'll, I'll complain about the writing and the, the direction by the director yes. for them, but I feel that John Cho as Spike was great choice. Me too. I thought that Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine, also a great choice. Mustafa Shakur, OMG. He, oh my goodness. He Perfect. was Perfect. A... Perfect Jet. I love mm -hmm. him as Jet. Now, I know a lot of people are going to hate on Alex Hassel as Vicious. Again, I think it came down to the writing. I think it came down to writing for him, yeah. The guy yeah. Was, is a great actor. He, he really, really is a great actor. Also, I thought um, Elena, uh, I'm not sure if it's Satin or Satine, as Julia, I thought she was superb. Oh, nailed it. Yes, yes, yes. And I think, so, I, I also think sometimes it's just the anime aesthetic doesn't translate well. Like, I don't know, white hair in live action 
action just doesn't look as cool. It doesn't. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It just That's does fair. not. Let's see here. Who else? Um, I thought uh, Mason Alexander Park as Gren. Even though Gren's supposed to come in later in the series, I still thought that creative twist, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I liked that. And then uh, the creative twist of um, Tamara uh, Tooney as Anna, I thought that was awesome as well. So as characters, I thought they were superb. Especially, again, some of it was creative. A little bit of creative licensing came into play here, but I was okay with that. I was like, this is fine. I like what you're doing here with some of this aspect let's keep rolling all right so we're talking all about the creative licensing one thing i didn't like even though i loved jet's character why did jet <sighs> now randomly get forced into a family situation why oh is this such a hollywood thing to do oh why my god want to present the broken family you know they want to present and remember folks we're, we're pro people of color we're pro women we're pro anyone and everyone so the point is here though is that there's times when it fits well so it actually resonates it creates a relationship a relatable factor with the audience but what they did here instead is they forced a really awkward weird creepy part to the storyline so first off we already know jet gets backstabbed by his partner and supposed to be best friend in in the service we go to was it black dog black dog strays i'm trying to remember the episode name from the anime later on yes. that also mm -hmm. gets revisited later on in the live action so his his wife now they, they took they took away that beautiful story of how he was too over controlling yeah. in his way of trying to be protective right and they warp that into now he's got a child that he doesn't get to see because his boss at work or <laughs> at least somebody that's at an upper situation completely backstabbed him while he sent him off on these missions to do these things and then slept. I mean, it was just a yeah, mess. man. Oh, there's oh. no reason to do that. Oh, it was so gross. Honestly, what do you think? Steph? Yeah, I'm just it's just it's making me laugh because it's reminding me of the Death Note live action. Oh, where. No. <laughs> Which I will say, I thought this live action was better than the Death Note one. The Death Note one was the Fair. tragedy because there are some things like, again, there were so, I feel like if you take pieces of this cowboy live action, I'm like, okay, I like this. I like this opening scene. I liked this. These three minutes of this episode, I enjoyed. You know, like you could, you could, and honestly, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but that's an overall positive, I think, in terms of like anime live adaptations. Like, I'd rather a start to move in this direction than me be like, I never want to look at any of this ever again and yeah. i want to be able to give these like directors feedback and and just say as like a fan what we did appreciate and didn't appreciate not that i'm calling up hollywood or anything but i mean that's <laughs> I the cool thing are. about i know we should we should all if, hey, if you're listening at home uh you know <laughs> tag them let them know let them know about this podcast but with the death note live action like i felt like there was this need to make light this high school west you know like a usa high school boy and that's just right. not because especially like both of these shows are japanese inherently and yes, so the are. culture is different and like i felt mm -hmm. a similar thing with this live action where we're starting to like lose a little bit of like that touch with yeah what's going on such a great way of putting it uh flip what, what did you think about the characters and and their overall appeal to the show me just ranting of course about uh jet's situation uh, jet's, what, what i mean you? that that is angering i think the actor like Faye. let's talk about Faye here for a second yeah, let's go for it yeah let's hear it i think the actress did a great job with the script that she was handed i feel like they did a major injustice to what Faye was in the anime because i <gasps> felt she was way too crass 
badass as opposed yeah. to femme fatale how she's portrayed in the anime she's a badass yes. in the anime yeah. hands down like literally i'm like yo i don't want to back and bump into her you know walk on the street because she would kick my ass hands yeah down. and she just came <laughs> off as a super mouthy super crude that would thank you that was the word i was looking for she felt instead of being an intelligent amount of sassy yes. it just felt crude mm -hmm. and I, mm. it's not her fault she's reading the lines and giving it as much life as possible is my belief on this and i felt she did great with what she was given as well but i agree with you i, I felt that it was they did not capture phase anime personality and then they, they changed some of the parts that i think took away from what was awesome of her instead of making her even better if that mm. was what they were trying yeah, to yeah and it just i wonder if some of that has to do with pacing as well like the pacing right. of these were oh, all like in that close to an hour each right versus you know you get like your 20 minutes like mm -hmm. per yeah, episode and yeah. yeah yeah i i'm curious because i yeah i think that that also might have a role to do with that because it was it did feel different it felt very different that's a good point and that, that's why i thought it would be tough as well again like i always find it odd you know it's like they're taking something that's in this kind of form they're now putting it to here it's like okay what are you going to change what are you not going to change what are you going to keep the same to kind of keep the fans like yeah this is what we remember what are you going to change that's going to add because i'm so down if you're going to change something but you're going to add to the story you're not going to take away from it and plug something in that just feels so forced mm -hmm. okay well we, we could talk about vicious and ein later because yeah. we can i can rant about those a little bit yeah. more but let, let's keep moving forward here with with the script line so talking about ein episode three we finally get to go on our little bit of our chase one of our fun chase scenes that are really happening in the entire series. We got an actual corgi. Yes. Oh, yes. this is important. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and go on about that. Why is that so important? Well, for those of you who don't know, initially, Ayn was not going to be a corgi. And I, 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 I yeah, I can't believe it. I, I think that is a testament to how disconnected sometimes it, it's weird, right? Because yes. there are some things they get so right. The soundtrack, yeah. they, oh, the soundtrack, that. right? The and so I, the set pieces and I'm like, they know the show. Like they're not that out of touch, but why? Why you no give Doggo? Now they did learn from their mistake and I'll actually be super transparent. The Netflix Canada team sent me a little PR package that had a corgi in it. So oh like- Oh my gosh. Uh, who, who was it? Was that post backlash? Like everyone knows now we know how much you love Ayn or like, cause I, I have the cutest corgi. Maybe I'll send a picture for the thumbnail or something. <laughs> like, oh, I just, I, I have a corgi now, my own little Ayn. So like, what? So that, honestly, Honestly, when I finally saw him on the show, I'm like, okay, at least this is, this is a cute little puffer. Go, you, I'll pass it. I'll pass it to you two for the full rant. All right, so Flib, when we got to Dar, Darg, oh my Darg. gosh. Darg. Darg. Darg Swing. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point in time, what's happening, again, we, we, I complain about it a little bit, but Jet needs to uh, buy his daughter a birthday present. Mm, yeah, more family stuff. <laughs> family stuff, nonsense, but they were able to utilize it as a way to to spin it into presenting Ayn and the whole uh oh why is it escaping me the the guy who does the he keeps on paying for face reconstructive surgery so he can keep on yes, running from yeah that's everything. right that's this one mm -hmm. yeah that's this one correct uh and that's when we get to finally learn about Ayn or how they even you know how is that even possible this this smart dog and I, I figured that episode would be a harder one for them to 
recreate right because that's a lot of animals mm-hmm. it is yeah the, if you go back and watch episode two of the anime if you were really trying to do like, your budget would have to be pretty big and you'd have to be paying a lot of animal uh trainers who specify in those animals i was okay that they needed to shift it but i thought it was still a little weird overall with what they did in that episode but it wasn't one that, that killed it for me how about for you flip how do you feel about dog star swing this one wasn't too bad because i i liked the chase scenes that they had with it yeah Not that they got those down pretty good it was exciting it was exhilarating everything a chase scene should be they they nailed all those those check boxes this is what i'm saying like when i think back to this live action i'm like okay what did i think about cowboy Bebop live action there were some points i was about it i yeah. thought cool this is really cool to watch and then there were other moments i just tilted my head like yeah. what what's going on what is happening time to rewatch the anime to figure it out <laughs> oh, it's so true okay so it sounds like for the most part we all agree that episode three had us back on the upswing a little bit not perfect yeah. we're back on the upswing saying you know what i'm gonna keep trucking through this because there's no way they can make another mistake right they're going the right direction i still had my curiosity i saw dog on screen i was like oh irl doggo (laughs) you know yes on your cutie too i love it he was so cute oh my the corgis are just adorable Adorable, that that was a spot on corgi too (laughs) (laughs) yeah the the reality of it right all right episode four is callista soul and for those that don't know that was after eco terrorists screw up her attempted shakedown they enlist spike and jet to help her bring them in for the bounty okay again way different than how it actually happened in anime which i don't know why they wanted to take this route i felt again it was very unnecessary for everything else they had already done from a scene pandering yeah situation why didn't they keep this story the same oh man they would have been a lot easier to go ahead and take this one what what did you feel they did right or wrong with episode four this was the episode where oh you really did invest more in the cgi budget than you did the writing that's that's what that's where i saw it people turning into the trees and whatnot through that oh it hurts absolutely like beautiful like it was beautiful animation and all but i saw that this is where the writing budget went Uh, (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel honestly better words couldn't have been said (laughs) yeah i agree (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i honestly that was that was that sentence right there when you can tell yeah 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 (laughs) yeah all right well i'll I'll talk a little bit here maybe you go ahead and jump right back on in with it so here's what bugged me the most about that episode besides the fact that they you know gave it to us in a completely different manner that did not feel genuine it did not feel refreshing uh, my biggest problem is what Flip was talking about, the CGI. They grossified that episode. So they go and have these individuals turn into trees, and they don't just turn into trees, right? They don't just stiffen and turn into trees, and then now they're like this like hard-barked form of a human. No, they had to explode in some disgusting pool of blood the same exact time that they're turning into a tree, which I thought was completely unnecessary yeah. for the anime. It's like, is this a horror show now? Like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> it was here? really gruesome. It was super yeah. gruesome. Un- unnecessarily so. I'm sorry, but the syndicate scenes that you show are not even as gruesome as this. And the syndicate's supposed to be the the, the devil of the devil, yeah. you know? Okay. So getting back to it, in the original, they are turned back in time, right? Since there's supposed to be a causal link between us and apes, the idea was that by go ahead and using their serum, their, their poison, whatever you'd like to call it, they were turning the clock back to a much more friendly time when humans were not destroying the land. Why? Because this <laughs> eco 
terrorist who's actually a former syndicate who got kicked out of the syndicate and all that kind of stuff uh, she decides that okay well i'm gonna go ahead and pretend i'm doing this for good but really i just want all the money that comes along with it yeah but everyone else Ma, Ma, whatever you say Ma. you know they're all they're all about her and all that kind of stuff they're all for the eco right and they're supposed to be saving the what are the name of the little guys again i always forget their names the um little, oh. little creatures that they're supposed to be saving. i know who you're oh, talking gamma about gamma rat or something like that yeah the, the, the gamma sea rats maybe yes the gamma like sea that. rats that's what it is and so they're supposed to be protecting those is the idea behind why they're doing their eco-terrorism and so the idea is that they'll be safe if, the, if you stop fishing and farming them but you didn't listen so we're gonna now set this bomb out here that's gonna actually revert you all to apes that just it just felt normal it just felt like okay i get it that makes sense you started terraforming everyone like for those that don't understand most of these planets at this point in time in this series because this is set in the future for those that don't know that a lot of planets have been terraforming you hear about this as people want to start sending stuff to mars and whatnot or the moon and start mm -hmm. terraforming mm -hmm. these areas so terraforming is an idea of taking actual terrain that you know humans could live on and make it happen on a place that is uninhabitable otherwise okay but somehow they're able to just send this terraform into this form that it could just turn these humans into plants it was just so like it was so hard to conceive and believe that it was real i could not relate to it at all that was the biggest issue it was so unrelatable yeah Sorry, I, I smacked that microphone real good i got so excited drop the mic drop the mic after that yeah. rant it's very necessary yeah i i'm i'm just thinking about what you said about things being relatable and a lot of times I, it's kind of like i've mourned the death of this show and i'm like how can we make it better for the next time yes. and it's like like where do you draw the line it, it's weird right i i almost think that because anime is so different than our day-to-day -day life that the way you connect to it is through the meanings and like the abstract things because you physically can't see a similarity yeah. does this make sense right yes. and so yes. but with a live action now your brain is making all these connections to like mm. the physicality of the world that in an anime like your brain just can't do that because it's a cartoon and Correct. so like like to what extent is it possible to like make it relatable like where do you have to like cut things just don't make sense right and like how do you get that same like emotion like evoked without it being like jarring it's really honestly that's that's the the hardest part i think when going to live action like you're talking about yeah. is that you do have to find the ways that you're going to try to take something that's in cartoon animated form and make it relatable. You have to try harder. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, is that unfair? Yes, that is unfair to the artistic creativeness of the director and anyone involved in that aspect of it. But it's also the reality. And these are Hollywood individuals that they know this. So, you know, pretend... that's true, because I'm thinking about it. And I did really like Detective Pikachu. And that right? was live action. Yeah. I did love that movie. So I'm trying to think I'm like okay where can we go from here this is what I, I mean yeah it, i would put this i guess i don't know if i'm skipping ahead here but where would you two rate this live action in terms of anime adaptation like anime Here's live action yeah if we're going off of just anime i mean it's still currently is probably like if we're talking about western yeah western mm -hmm. live action because there's been some of the japanese done ones i would definitely rank up there compared to right them, yeah you know? right true, uh, true but this is this is still probably up there only because it actually did get some of it right they mm -hmm. did yeah there was enough like, right compared to the wrong this is not an f for me i will talk about our grades for the this show later but this is not an f for me as much as i am unhappy and the reason i'm unhappy is i'm going to put it in this way i felt like there was so much 
potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I'm so much more aggravated. It's like, it was right there at the tips of your fingers. You had almost a masterpiece right in front of you. And you changed some odd things to me is how I felt. Oh, very odd things. All right. Well, let's talk about some more odd stuff. Episode <laughs> five, we jump into Dark Side Tango. Oh, and yeah. this is where Jet reunites with his ex-partner. And again, this is very weird because this is another episode that's supposed to happen much later in the series. Again, if this series ended after only one season intentionally, not the unintentional cancellation, mm. it would it'd be okay because you're like, okay, you're trying to fit a lot of stuff in in a short amount of time. I get it. But that's not what's supposed to happen with their overall script for this show. So right. Dark Tango, Jet joins up with his ex-partner to go ahead and chase down Udai. Now, this is the first time in the series, I thought that who they had as Jet's partner was not a very good representation of how they had and how they done such a good job of mirroring actors and actresses for their parts. This mm -hmm. is the first time where I was like, I don't really believe this guy. I, I yeah. not to take away from his acting, I just feel like he was miscast. Anyone else's input on that? I I didn't have strong feelings about it, but again, for me, I think that's probably just I, I was a little bit more open if if it would hit at the end, you know? So I was like going through like okay i mean i didn't it didn't disturb me to the ends of the earth i was kind of neutral about it but i wasn't like wow this is great okay okay flip any input on that one i i really like this episode for, for one reason and one reason only oh okay yeah. they they didn't just put a sepia filter over like their cameras the entire set pieces and their wardrobe it was all sepia tone oh and i thought that was a very I... cool design choice excellent and for those that don't know what that means what what is that it's like old it made it feel like an old noir film yes and an I, old noir film and i tell you those kind of pieces th there's a lot of good nostalgic energy for something that's going to probably be dark and dreary exactly yeah, yeah. and you were saying flip sorry Oh, no, you you're fine. That, that's about all I have because I, I just thought that was a really cool choice to do it instead of just copping out with a filter to do the entire sets and everything in sepia tone because then it goes back to normal at the end of the episode when he gets back to the ship. And there, right there, what you just described, again, another time they they, they did something really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they, they captured an atmospheric tone that's so much easier, in, in, again, when you're able to go from brushstroke to brushstroke versus an entire set of, entire set, you know, what everyone's wearing way that they're going to be acting in this you know kind of situation a little bit tougher to do live action than it is to do on paper but it was it was done well in that regard i felt that the tone was good i just felt like how they approached some of the ways they went about it not so good uh but again i thought udai was really good. I thought the fight scenes with Udai was actually finally one of the better fight scenes in the oh. entire show. Not the best. We'll get to the best later. But I thought it was a really good fight scene they had there. How Jet was involved from beginning to end. How came down to, again, another choice of does he fire his gun or does he not? And how he decides to go ahead and do that. I thought that was really well done. That Did uh, you find... Um, I'm so I'm thinking about this now because I was so oblivious to the combat thing. Like, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I really didn't have a problem with the combat. So, do you did you find that it stayed consistent the fighting or did it get kind of better or worse like as the show went on i'm just curious now because i'm gonna have to rewatch this painfully and be like let me look at this fight again right <laughs> 
so I felt that the uh, the gunfighting scenes from beginning to end were consistent, and I felt that they were at least a B plus as far as how that flowed. Mm-hmm. Because again, when, when it's Same. you're not firing real guns, yeah. so you, you don't get to capture what's really happening. People really getting shot. That, that doesn't need to happen. That was handled very well. But when it came to the physical fight scenes, oh, so you mean on, okay, right? Yeah, little right, physical the fights, the hand to hand combat, especially because they even had a scene early on in the anime where it shows Spike early on in sorry early on in live action just like early on in the live there's a lot of words here here. too many words so the live action compared to the anime where he is warming up and or training as he's fighting the uh training piece i don't know the correct terminology for this but where it had all the different you know wooden arms that he's supposed Mm -hmm. to either block or strike around and it shows him you know being really fit and, and showing that he has physical fitness and or form of spike again well played there but you're showing us that you also gotta give us that in the action sequences yeah. A, a jump cut here or there is okay but it's martial arts you want to see it happen right it's also why cobra kai the another netflix show now it's not an adaptation from an anime it's an adaptation from a movie and then continuation onto where they are at that point in time they've got amazing martial arts and they're only doing a few jump cut scenes here and there so it can be done there they, there's individuals who yeah. possess the capabilities but are you going to shell the money out for that or were you going to shell the money into cgi when cgi is supposed to actually be a cheaper form of doing special effects it is yeah. so like it always kind of boggles my mind when they oh yeah we spent too much on cgi it's like but that's supposed to be your money saving <laughs> i'm confused so i felt it was inconsistent in the physical part of it when you're asking that stuff is that there was good times and yeah not so good times i have the solution here forget Ooh. netflix as the platform we're going okay. to tiktok yeah. we're getting 30 <laughs> seconds <laughs> And we're putting them on TikTok, and then everyone can be happy. Thank you. I'll take my royalties. Wow, she, she nailed it, folks. She heard it. This is why she is Steph of anime. She knows her stuff, and she nailed it. So everyone, just thank her later because it's going to save live action anime from now on. <laughs> Yeah, but in all seriousness, is I'm I'm glad we're all on the same page about that. We're like, there are some moments we could just like appreciate as yeah. fans. But and maybe I wonder if they were trying too hard to be pulled in too many directions, right? Like the okay, are we making this for the old school fans? Are we making it for someone on Netflix who's never watched an anime in their life? Right. Like like who are mm-hmm. they making this for? And honestly, I don't think it was clear by the end like i wasn't clear on who this type of show was really for because it got all you know conglomerate what's the word mismatched maybe i'll use mismatched as the word (laughs) yeah 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 that's it that's a good word sat word right there (laughs) all right well moving on to the sats binary (laughs) two-step is episode six here and okay for those that don't know this is one of my favorite episodes (gasps) in anime you gotta go off on it gotta (sighs) it's time so okay for those that don't know this is the episode that revolves around londis londis has the ability to make a connection with individuals by getting rid of their physical form and existing only spiritually on the net and now they are free of life's troubles and any woes associated with it okay i felt that can i just say i felt the spirit as you recapped that that was great (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
all right. Now, I don't mind what happened with Faye and the mechanic in this episode, but I, again, I, I felt they forced a little bit too much sexy time on the screen. I'm down for representation. I just think there was actually other parts in the story, the, the original storyline, that they could have done that, and so that it kind of felt forced for that situation. But again, that's not that big a deal compared to the actual, like, the, the main gist of this story, which is supposed to revolve around the idea. For those that don't know, Londis isn't real. Londis is actually a paralyzed uh, boy who's been in a coma. This is from the anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's been in a coma, and the only thing he has to do is he lives his life through his brain on the net and is able to get people to free themselves of their physical forms because he doesn't really get to exist in his physical form anymore. Again, he can't make them do anything, but he's obviously coercing, coaxing, convincing them with his words mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to enjoy being lost on the net, and now they don't have to worry about anything else. Okay, so there, there's a tragedy there because he was a, he was a child, a child who was his life was taken from him basically they don't go into how it necessarily happened in too much detail just an accident had occurred and left him in this vegetable like state but this is his way of enacting revenge on the world not taking accountability for anything because what is there to take accountability for here he was a he was a kid that experienced an accident left him in this vegetable state and so the poeticness of that entire episode in the anime is painting a picture of how this world is cruel it is unfair but even though it is you can't be going and doing this and then at the end of the episode ed's actually supposed to be a part of the story by this point in time for those that don't know we won't even talk about ed until the end because yeah ed has this poignant line at the end of it saying sleep well now friend sleep peacefully and so you're supposed to have all this anger and all this unjust rage because he's he's been taking advantage of these people people have been dying literally just because they Mm -hmm. are so locked into the net that they don't do anything with their physical form and if you don't do anything with your physical form you're going to perish but you're like oh I, I, I get it, kid. I get it. And so, and then, you know, Ed gets across this whole feeling of just like, you know what? Now you can sleep. You don't have to worry about any of these angers or stresses that are going on in your existence. And it won't also negatively affect anybody else. And Jet cuffs him, right? Because they caught him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. never turned in. Oh, he, yeah. He's never actually turned in. They they expose the fact that Londis was this other thing, but he's not actually ever turned in. They don't make the 20 or, or 75 million. I'm trying to remember how many. Any, uh, it was an unbelievable was amount a of Wulongs. Like, I want to say 75 million Wulongs is supposed to be the reward for Londis now that I think about it more. And they didn't get any of that. Otherwise, they would have quite a bit of money at this point in time. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about this. See, these are some of the details like I just kind of forgot about. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was so poetic of an episode. And then at the same time in this episode, Faye was supposed to be... She was trying to escape now. Like, more than anything mm-hmm. before. She was always trying right. to run away. They joked about her running away when stuff got tough. Now she did, and they're like, oh, she's scamming this because they could actually see her as a part of one of the ads or one of the mm-hmm. um, um, interview processes. And they're, she's like, oh, yeah, I figured the only way to get rid of my debt is to give up my physical form and I'll be free. And then, you know, they're Spike and Jet Li, she's like, okay, well, let's say pull it here. She's always got a scam up her sleeve, like, okay. And then, like, it started to click, like, for Spike especially. He wouldn't say it, but his actions dictate it, and that's how Spike is. Spike is much more of an action-oriented character than a spoken word character. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, compared to Jet, Jet's very spoken word. <laughs> He'll still do action, but he's very spoken word. What happens here is that Spike goes out to save Faye. 
also probably solve the mission at the same exact time, maybe get this bounty and whatnot. But he he had an issue with what Londis, as he eventually started to figure out as he tried to find this guy throughout the entire episode. He wanted to save Faye in that scenario. All right, all right. So bring it back. Faye's not even involved in this, right? Remember, Faye's not even involved in the yeah. in the engineering room or whatever with the the tech, which again, right on her. But it, it takes away from what she was supposed to be involved in this episode. Right. And let's get to the actual episode, and then I want you two to take over from here. The aesthetic was visually pleasing. The pacing was extraordinary. But when you find out that Londis is just an AI, how'd you feel about that, Flip? I mean, like you said in the explanation of the original episode, it took away from the whole meaning of it. It made it just, oh, it was just a computer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was sad yeah yeah i agree and i'll admit this is where a lot this is where i'm like god it's been 10 years since i watched the original anime so there was i didn't fully remember a lot of the little details but like it just didn't like hit <laughs> this was like okay and that makes <sighs> sense because what they had done is they took something that was very relatable right who can't relate to a hurting child mm -hmm. that has been unfairly put in a position where they're acting out now and you're like oh, i get it kid i i oh, i get it right None the context the context yeah, the context yeah. who here relates to an ai most of us are like f you ai <laughs> yeah hello and my name is glados <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know now it's steph so therefore i'm able to kind of get a little more relatable to that but you know otherwise oh, uh, you're right like what the heck oh my so, gosh that episode really hurt me and now i'm 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 a wounded animal at this point i'm like dra i'm dragging my leg along <laughs> we gotta get you to the ER, step yeah i'm like okay i'm like all right please save me from my just put me out of misery what's gonna happen here at this next episode